This morning, Andrea, we're going to talk about me giving you a bath. No, we're not. It's, I mean, Ephesians says it. We're going to talk about it right now. No, I don't Let's think Let's get into Andrea's bath. Let's get like into that, that bath right Let's now. Not. <laughs> Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video, so feel free to check those out there. And now, let's get to the show. Wow. Hey, everybody. This is Andrea Warnock. This is Nathan Warnock. And you've reached us for a very odd, apparently, Marriage Monday episode on the Marriage by Design podcast. And this is a time where we get to talk to you about God's design for marriage, what the Bible has to say about that, and how we live that out practically, but I think we're going to leave that out today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about practical today. Although it is, like, uh, it's always a good day when Andrea takes her weekly bath. So I'm glad when that happens, um, but that's not necessarily what what we're talking about today. I don't know that I've taken a bath at all since we've been in this house. We all can smell you (laughs) through the YouTubes. Uh, So what we've been doing here on season three is just sort of beginning a survey of what the Bible says about marriage because uh, season one and season two of the marriage by design podcast on marriage Mondays, we really wanted to dig into practically how can we just dig into issues that we see repetitively occurring in marriages practically. Mm. Like we wanted to get that practical information right out. And we talked about, love and respect and communication and uh, five love languages and shared our story and, and kind of did all these, did all these things, talked about sex. Um, so we, we did all of these things. Uh, and then we started thinking, man, we really need to go back and just doctrinally talk about what the Bible says about marriage, because so many of those practical episodes don't mean a thing if we don't understand what the Bible says about marriage. So in season three, uh, we endeavored to begin talking through that. And and by no means are we going to get through every verse in the Bible that talks about marriage in season three. So this is going to bleed on uh, into season four and beyond. And we still work in some practical episodes uh, here and there as well. So by all means, if you're watching this and you're going, man, I'd really love it if you guys would address whatever it is that's on your mind, please don't hesitate to put that in the comments if you're watching on YouTube or uh, in the uh, comments over on our Facebook page. If you want to do it there, feel free to send us an email at marriagebydesignpodcast at gmail.com. And in fact, we did a whole episode on Family Friday, a whole series on Family Friday about talking to our children about sex. And that was a direct result of someone asking us to, to talk about that through the comments. So please feel free to do that. 
What we're doing right now is looking through Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. And we've spent a couple of weeks on this already. The first week uh, we spent dealing with the woman's calling to submit and how that truly should be thought of in light of the salvation message. And we know marriage is designed to be a picture of that salvation message. So what does that look like for the wife? Uh, then last week we talked, started talking about what God's calling is for us as husbands and how really when you boil down to it, while we are not called to submit to the directives of our wives, we are called to sacrifice our lives on behalf of our wives. So in so many ways, that oftentimes can look like me submitting to your desires because they're your desires and I want to sacrifice myself on your behalf because I love you and I want to show love to you unconditionally, as the Bible says, in the same way that Christ showed love for us as his people. So that's what we talked about last week. That's found in verse 25. And I didn't read it because I'm going to read it right now because what we're going to talk about today is verse 26. Now, Paul, if you know anything about the Pauline epistles, Paul likes to use run-on sentences. And instead of using a period, he then continues on his sentence. And then when he's done with that sentence, instead of a period, he continues on with another sentence and so on and so on. So therefore... So that's what kind of what Paul does. So uh, this is this week we're dealing with sort of one of the middle sections of this run on sentence that he's that right. he's using. So to put it in context, I'm going to read verse 25, which is what we talked about just a week ago. And then I'll carry on to 26. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Then verse 27 says, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So we're going to talk about that middle portion and just to draw that out again it says that he might sanctify her he being the husband that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so uh hopefully the bath joke seems less awkward now that we've read the verse still, does it seem less awkward to nope, you babe still awkward okay great <laughs> so i want to just step through this and talk first doctrinally about what is this really saying and then talk practically not like that about uh what what this means for us as husbands and really what it means for you as a wife. So first thing he says is that the husband might sanctify the wife. Now remember in verse 25, he's this whole discussion of husbands loving their wives is being set up in this sort of analogy manner. And we talked about that last week. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for that as Christ is the clue that in the same way as or in the order of Christ and the way he loved the church. So we're talking about a sort of extended metaphor that Paul's using here. So he, he sets that up and then he says that the husband might sanctify her. Now sanctify, of course, is a word that we recognize with regards to our faith, right? To means, do you know what the word sanctify means? To make Babe? holy. Kind of. Uh, mm. means It means to set apart. Mm. So uh, particularly 
we use it as to set be to, to set apart or be set apart for the service of the Lord. Right. So for us, when the Lord sanctifies us, when we're called to him as, as part of our salvation process, that sanctification is us being set apart for the work of God. Right. So again, as we look at this, what does that mean for us? Does that mean that my, Andrea's salvation, her sanctification is contingent upon me as her husband? What would you say to that? No, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we laugh about that, but, uh, if you've gone around on the internet watching, um, marriage, uh, podcasts for very long, I'll bet you a lot of money. You've come across one that does believe that because there is a major world religion that particularly here in the United States that teaches that the wife's salvation is contingent upon her husband. Mm. That's a, that's a, foundational marriage teaching of this religion not biblically supported unless you take this literally but that as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that and this is the continuation of that sentence that he might sanctify this is this is the continuation of this sort of metaphor or or analogy that paul's making between what christ did for us as the church and what the husband does for the wife so the sanctification that we do as husbands really speaks to less our sort of privilege as husband and more our responsibility. We we do have a responsibility to steer the marriage in such a way that uh, presses our wife into her calling as being set apart before the Lord because we're the leader of the home. So, yeah. So, so if you're, if you're, if you've got a a marriage based on biblical principles and you've got a husband who's leading towards Christ with Christ as the center and a wife who's submissive to that model, then she's being pushed towards her relationship to with Christ you know, closer to that, closer, or he, she's put, being pushed towards sanctification more and more and more as the marriage goes on. Right. And uh, is pushing the right, I used it too, but okay. I, but is, uh, what, what do you think is the right um, word? Lead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it if, is because, if I'm holding, not, okay. So if I, you, if you've got your hand behind you, I'm, I'm following you. Not that marriage has to be a me following you or whatever, but if we're holding, you know, you've got your hand behind you and I'm holding your hand and you're right. walking towards, you're walking in the things of the Lord. I'm walking right along with you. Yeah. You know, in you line know what? with that. Maybe that's a really good picture actually. I mean, when you and I are walking in public and we're holding hands and I'm walking a direction, there is this sort of physical draw of you to follow me. Now that can look a couple of ways. Right. I mean, you can try and walk that way and I can take your hand and yank you right. towards where I'm going. And I got to be honest, there's somebody listening to this podcast right now as a husband who's doing that. And that's not your job, right? This does not mean you grab your wife by the arm and yank her into the kingdom of God or into submission either before you or before God. That's that's not the job. The job is this sort of loving draw, namely by example yeah, in, totally. in encouraging your wife into what God's calling her into. This goes back to something that Andrea and I say, and it probably was on 
our t- I think at one point didn't we do like a top five lies about marriage or something like that? Maybe we should do that again because that that was fun. But one of them either was or would be for me the idea that you'll know you should get married because you'll find someone that doesn't want to change you. Uh, yeah, that's that should be the biggest one of the biggest lies. Yeah, because right. I hope I'm not the same. We got married when we were 21. I hope I'm not the same 20 or one year old that got married. And I hope I'm a better version of myself because I'm married to you. Right. And I hope that too. I mean, I hope that you look at your marriage to me and think, man, I'm, I am a better, more qualified follower of Christ because of Nathan's leadership in my life. And for sure, I would say that I am because of your marriage to me and your fall and you're the example of you following the Lord. And that's really how it should be, right? I mean, as Christians, for us to go, oh, I want to find, I, I want to find someone who doesn't want to change me. Well, then what you're asking is to find someone who's okay with you as you are. And as Christians within marriage, I mean, what he's saying right now is it's imperative upon husbands that uh, that 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 I desire to sanctify Andrea, that I desire to assist in setting her apart. Yeah, and I think that I think the crux of this is for husbands and for wives too but we're not called to the sanct of our husbands but are you doing that for your own selfish desires or are you doing that for her benefit of her relationship with the lord you know that's i think that's the careful mark of a husband who's doing it for the right reasons you know are are you yeah what what's your purpose here in yeah. doing that babe you are killing it today because you just you just gave me another thought and you mentioned it sort of offhandedly because it's what the text says but you you mentioned that it's not my job to sanctify him but how many wives if they're honest that is a major part of what they're trying to do on any given day yeah is encourage <laughs> sort of manipulate or outright nag their husband into submission to the Lord or right standing before God or making better decisions, making better decisions. decisions. Right. But, and, and there's a curiosity. Well, why, why doesn't this seem to be working out? Well, because that is a foundational misunderstanding of what it is to be a man. Mm. Like the, the, you probably couldn't do anything worse if your goal is to try and, help Control, your husband manipulate sanctify. if your goal is to get force. your husband set aside for the work of god i'm not sure there's a single thing you could do that more quickly undermines that goal uh. than trying to manipulate him into it it's so dishonoring to men and we're so sensitive to being manipulated because it feels emasculating because it's dishonoring and and we're set up on a bro code mentality an honor system mentality that that manipulation piece you trying to sanctify him uh and and we'll finish this clause and you'll understand this further but you trying to sanctify him will completely undermine that goal and when really if you if you want to play a role in that the best thing you can do is spend that time on your knees before the Lord and living that out in your own life without getting weird. Without throwing it in his face. Right. Do you see me? Do you see me just in our room praying? Nope. You see me? You do it for yourself and your relationship with the Lord, not to try to manipulate your husband. Yep. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. So the second part of that verse is that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. I find this a really fascinating follow-up to that because it says, so, so my desire before the Lord should be to sanctify her as Christ sanctified us as the church. The death of Christ set us apart as believers for a specific duty um, and really empowered us to do that duty is probably the better word. If When we look earlier in Ephesians, it says we moved from death to life. Yeah. Death is the starting point, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross is what allowed this idea of being set aside for Christ and for eternity with him to even be a thing. In the same way, we should desire to, to sanctify our wives, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. When you think about the ministry of Jesus, when he was here on earth, what did he do? Well, he spent time with people. Yep. He developed relationships. Yep. Um, and he talked about his father. Right. And so often it wasn't even just the words of Christ. It was Christ expounding upon the pre-existing writings of God. Right. That what we would consider the Old Testament books. I mean, yeah, Jesus I mean, quotes see... Deuteronomy a ton, see a ton over of... the course of the Gospels. Right. Yeah. You see a ton of him talking about and, and using exact quotations of Scripture. That's right. And why did he do that? Well, his whole job here was to, one, love on his father's people and his people, knowing that he was around from the beginning as well, but to love on these people. And how did he love on them? Well, he did it really the best way he knew how, by washing us in the truth of God and in his word. I mean, he always brought it back to the, yeah, so often brought it back to just the words of God. That's right. And so when we look at this, because this can be kind of weird, right? I mean, we can read this go, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Was that like a baptism thing? Are we as husbands? Is that, do we, do we as husbands play some role in the salvation of our wives? But if we go down that road, then we've completely thrown out the portions of Romans that talk about, you know, the requirements for salvation, Um, you know, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's no starting point of if you're a man and you do these things that none of that, it's just, uh, that's what it is. So, so salvation pretty clearly on the, on the totality of scripture is a personal thing. So, okay. So we know then that that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. So then, then having cleansed her by the washing of, of water with the word, well, what does that mean? Well, again, this, uh, having cleansed her by that whole phrase is a continuation of him saying, gang, we need to look at what Christ did for his people when he was here on earth. Remember those first three verses about wives' responsibilities before husbands? And remember how we talked about 
those line up with our responsibility as the church of Christ. Our duty is to follow Christ's lead, to submit to Christ's lead in our lives. It's one of the biggest things we miss as, as Christians when we come to Christ. People that come to Christ and and end up falling away shortly thereafter, where did they miss it? Well, they missed it on the submission piece. Mm. Salvation is synonymous with submission to Christ. And so often we want to play up the fun parts of salvation, right? We're selling, we're selling the benefits package and not selling the responsibility. Yep. And it's wrong. Uh, and because of that, like in a business where I sell the benefits package and not the work, everyone gets excited about the benefits package, realize that I'm talking about six days a week and afternoons on Sunday, and they go, not worth I'm it, out. I'm out. And so for for us, um, we need to recognize that the wife's role, it lines up with our calling as the church before an almighty God. Similarly, the responsibility of us as husbands lines up with the responsibility that Christ took when he came down here on earth. He pursued the people that he loved. And then when he got their attention, he washed them, cleansed them in the refining waters of his word. Mm -hmm. And so for us as husbands, this is tying into the sanctification piece. Okay, your job is to sanctify your wife. Well, how do I do that? Really simple. Through God's word. Wash her in God's word. Because nothing is more clearly sanctifying than the word of God coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit in someone's life. So, yeah, what exactly do you mean by wash her in God's word? Like Christ, if you, if you want to know how to be a better husband, go back and read through the Gospels. because Which is, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Thank you. Because, and those are the story of Jesus' life. And it's so, even though Jesus wasn't married, there, there is this beauty you see in the way he addresses people. He addresses them where they're at, but he draws them back to things that are eternal. And for us with our, with our wives, man, how many conversations are we having about things that are eternal? How often are we pursuing her on the basis of, babe, tell me what's the Lord doing in your life now? What are you learning in your Bible study? If you go to a, a Christian, a Christian Bible fellowship or a Christian Bible study or whatever, you know, a small group at your church, babe, what do you... What are you learning through that? What do you think about the direction of our family right now? What What do you think? Where do you think our marriage is at? Um, these are things that may not seem eternal, but they are eternal. I mean, how we raise our kids is a matter of, matter of spiritual importance. How we direct our marriage is a matter of spiritual importance. Well, and just going basic too, you know, when you're looking for directions to go are you looking in scripture That's exactly right. are you are you when your wife is struggling with something or needing prayer or whatever are you using scripture to pray over her and, right and that's vital and you know what guys it clears a lot of the burden off of us to know what to say because i know for a lot of guys i talk to the difficulty is 
what do I say when I know she's struggling with uh, body image issues? I, I don't know what to say. Here's a great part about it. You don't have to say anything. God already said it. So all you need to do is be getting in your Bible in your own time and then set a notebook out next to you. And as you come across things that make you think of your wife, jot them down and stick it on a note card and stick it to her windshield, right? An actual scripture from the word of God, right? Something that ties into, you know, if she deals with anxiety, pick out some of those words of Christ about anxiety and write, write them. Don't say like, uh, I was reading my Bible. Just write the Bible verse. Um, with a reference, and then XOXO underneath, and that's it. That's how we wash. When you think about washing, you think about, you know, you, you get water and soap all over your body in an effort to cleanse the germs and, and dirt and all that stuff from your body. In the same way, let's wrap our wives in the Word of God and wrap our homes in the Word of God in an effort to get rid of the negative thinking, the temptations, the spiritual the filth that yep. can wrap around our our lives, but but specifically our wives' lives. Because as you mentioned earlier, with the emotional reality of women, it can be difficult. Some it can be easier sometimes for wives to fall into this sort of stinking thinking trap than it can be for us as guys. Stereotyping, I understand, but in in a lot of cases, most cases, that's that's the reality. And so, guys, husbands, we can shoulder that in the same way that Christ shouldered the reality of the fickle people that he was around when he was here on earth. And the way he did that was by encouraging them with the reality of God's word, either the Old Testament that he had or him literally making God's word by sharing spiritual truths Mm. with the people. Babe, other thoughts on that? No. So practically, for you, as you hear this, practically, how would you say, man, I would love, if I were married to a guy that wasn't a complete rodeo clown, I would love him to fulfill this verse. Not sure I married a rodeo clown. I didn't realize I'd married a rodeo clown. I would love him to fulfill this verse in my life by doing what? I mean, what would, in your estimation, what would you see as, man, this is really my husband living this out? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be different for different people, but certainly the, you know, notes here and there with scripture or, or, uh, you know, that I think would probably make more of an impact than a text, but a text with scripture or, I love talking about the things that that you're learning and you're reading, but also having an interest in the things that I'm learning and talking about those sorts of things. Um, This isn't necessarily washing me in the word. Um, Well, I mean, I guess I'm involved in it. So it is, but, but when you're leading our family, Mm -hmm. specifically, you know, our kids in a Bible study and that's, I'm learning from that, but it's also part, you know, yeah, it's, it's eternity minded and it's, 
amazing to see our family just getting involved in that. So, um, yeah, those are some things, you know, praying over me with scripture Mm. is great. All those things. It's good. Thanks for sharing that. Taking a bath together is like a picture. Oh you think it's like a picture? We do of not. This? No. That's what I was thinking. No. Nope. Just about while you were talking. <laughs> See, this is what happens. Look at her. She's ignoring me right now. <laughs> uh, all right. What do we have coming up, babe, this week? So we're going to end our series on Fathers of the Faith. Okay. So we're going to talk about Jacob on Friday, on Family Friday. Okay. And. Uh, then we're coming up on Christmas time, so maybe we'll get a Christmas video out again this year. I'm hopeful. Oh, man. Yeah, that was fun from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's great. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate you being here. Again, you know uh, where to find us. The description of our videos always has all of our social media links on it, so please feel free to click those and leave us a comment anytime that you would like uh, or send us an email, marriagebydesignpodcast at gmail.com. Until then, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, God is for your marriage.